and welcome to the very first episode of Know It All. This is your host Saiban and today we have a lot of stuff to discuss. Firstly, I want to thank each one of you who's been so supportive and encouraging. I really could not make it without your support. It's been so great and I really really appreciate it. As it's your very first time here, I just want to tell you about the pattern of the episode. While each episode is primarily divided into four main parts, let's know what they are. So in the first part of the episode, we'll try to check out all the new technologies out there and I'll try to explain it to you. Then in the second part of the video is where we review things. It may be a smartphone, it may be a laptop or any other gadget. The third part of the episode is where we compare different gadgets. For example, let us say when gadgets are similarly priced, we compare them, we try to discuss all the pros and cons of each device and then decide what suits you. Now comes the fourth part of the video and obviously the most interesting part of the episode. So here, I'll pick a social topic and try to give my own opinion and thoughts and how i see it so after this i assume that you have understood the structure the basic structure of each episode and what to expect from it now let's just dive in so do you guys remember on my insta i just posted a question where it said is india 5g ready so let's talk about it so before answering the question I just want to explain what is 5G and how does it works. So as we all know, 5G is the fifth generation of mobile network. It is a new global wireless standard after 1G, 2G, 3G and 4G. Now 5G enables a new kind of network that is designed to connect virtually everyone and also everything including these machines, objects and devices. Now 5G wireless technology means to deliver a higher multiple gigabyte peak speed. and all ultra low latency and also 5G promises to deliver a very faster more stable and more secure connection so let's get more technical now unlike 4G 5G has a high range of frequency namely low band mid band and millimeter wave so basically any communication for example let us take telecommunication or satellite communication just come under a spectrum called radio waves yes the mobile communication is also basically a radio wave now this radio wave will have a frequency and also a wavelength and this range is called a spectrum spectrum on the lower side known as the low band has a longer wavelength than the spectrum on the higher side so this allows it to be more robust and travel longer distances at an expense of bandwidth Now the waves get shorter and shorter through the mid mid frequencies gaining bandwidth but losing transmission distance above all this comes the millimeter wave the size of the wavelength is so small it ranges from around 10 millimeters to 1 millimeter now it's extremely effective sort of spectrum with a large bandwidth but very sensitive to external variables 5G promises a peak data speeds of 10 gigabytes per second which is around 100 times faster than 4G. Now latency which is the measure of the time it takes data to travel from phone to the distant server could be less than a millisecond in 5G which is 60 to 120 times better than 4G. 
5G proves to be more significant, better and also efficient to 4G, but why can't we see it in India is the question. Now here's the thing, government controls the rights on the frequencies which are used to transfer this data and typically auction them to the highest bidder. In India, only low and mid-band frequencies are available for 5G for now. Now the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India TRAI has recommended that spectrum be made available for 5G services is 3300 to 3400 MHz and 3425 to 3600MHz. Now the Indian government has planned to auction this 5G spectrum in the second quarter of 2020 but this has been delayed until the fourth quarter as a result of COVID-19 pandemic. Now the base price per megahertz of the spectrum in 3400 to 3800 band is approximately 70 million USD in India as compared to 26 million USD in Italy and 18 million USD in South Korea. Now that shows how expensive 5G is going to be in India. Now the telecos lack the resources to pay such a high auction prices following a recent ruling by the Supreme Court of India in a long-lasting case over the payment of past spectrum fees based on the adjusted gross revenues called the AGR. Vodafone Idea, which is the most affected by AGR case, is expected to participate in the auction in a limited manner, whereas there have been reports suggesting that Bharat Airtel is planning to skip this option because of high prices. That leaves Reliance Geo as the sole operator expected to buy some of the 5G bands. But it too has expressed concern about the prices in India. Now looking at the situation, it is clear to us that 5G is gonna take time and also when it comes, it is not going to be cheap. Also a company called Ericsson which is based in Sweden has said that 5G services is likely to be available in India only from 2022 and that too if the government revise the price of these frequencies. So I think this answers the question why India is not ready for 5G. So as I told you earlier, we review things in the second part of our episode. So this week we are reviewing the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Lite. Now this phone caught my eye during the recent sale on Flipkart in which the device was retailing at about 33,000. And to be honest, I was really surprised. Really surprised to see such a huge price drop as it was launched around 42 to 45k just before the 6 months. Now let us see if this phone is actually worth after the price cut. The Samsung Note 10 Lite comes with a 6.7 inch Full HD Plus AMOLED display and you know how good Samsung displays are and this is no exception. Now it has a triple camera setup at the back and all three cameras are 12 megapixel. The phone comes with an Exynos processor in India. It has 8GB RAM and 128GB ROM and also comes with a 25W charger in the box. Now Samsung also adds a pair of earphones in the retail box. Now this is unlike many companies at this price. Now let us talk about the pros and cons of this device. Let us start with the pros first. As this is a Note device, it is very large and it has a 6.7 inch gorgeous AMOLED panel that simply looks stunning. Then comes the battery of the device. 
It is a beefy 4500 mAh battery coupled with a fairly efficient processor putting out a decent battery life. It is definitely above average. Now comes the best part of this phone which is the camera. Now it is the best camera phone out there at this price point. It is a consistent camera clicking some really good photos at the daylight. Samsung has done a great job optimizing their 12 megapixel shooter. It also comes with a variable focal length such as ultra wide and optical zoom cameras. Now, Samsung did omit the useless micro camera that companies like OnePlus are still pushing in their phones. I find no reason why companies push these useless micro cameras. Well, coming back, the video capture of this phone is really good for the price. Now, the biggest selling point of this phone is the S Pen. As it is a Note series smartphone, it comes with one. This is a proper S Pen that matches with the one that comes with the bigger Note 10 series of phones. S Pen's proved to be more productive and has all the advantages to it. Now it is an excellent piece of tech that comes inside the phone. Now this is a Bluetooth connected S Pen. This phone also comes with a 3.5 mm headphone jack, which is a rare these days. Now let us look at some cons of the device. This phone ships with an Exynos 9810 octa-core CPU. As it is an ARM-based CPU, it has Mali GPU. People who know about GPUs will also know that Mali GPUs are generally weaker than Adrenos which are found on Snapdragon chips. Now don't take me wrong, this is not a bad processor by any means, but still it is not best for the price. It gets your job done. Now this is built on a 10 nanometer processing which is not that efficient as the one with 7 nanometer. Also this processor does not excel in gaming. If you're looking for a phone where you can also game, this is definitely not the one. Now the second con is that it comes with the Samsung's own skin called One UI. Sure Samsung has worked on this, but it is nowhere near to the stock Android experience and the overall design of the icons feel a bit cartoonish. It's quite subjective. Some people actually prefer the Samsung UI over the stock Android mainly for the features. Other than these, there are no other major cons for this device. So if you're not a gamer and looking for a good camera phone at a range of 33 to 35k, it is an excellent bid. After discussing everything, I just want to give my final verdict on this phone. It is a solid phone from Samsung for the people who are looking for an alternative for the Chinese phone makers. Let us now compare the Note 10 Lite to its competitors. The main one is the OnePlus 7T. Now let me tell you a bit of OnePlus 70 first. Now the OnePlus 70 comes with a 6.55 inch AMOLED panel with a 90 hertz refresh rate. It comes with a U-shaped notch compared to the punch hole on the Samsung. The OnePlus comes with a Snapdragon 855 Plus chip. It has a 3800 milliampere battery. with the 30 watt wrap charging technology similar to Samsung the OnePlus also comes with triple camera setup at the back now let's compare these two phones now the major difference is at the heart of these devices and that is the processor yes the OnePlus clearly has a better chip inside it as it comes with a Snapdragon 855 plus chip which is a beast 
Now next comes the display. I would rate the both displays equally as both come with an AMOLED technology. Samsung being slightly brighter and OnePlus has this advantage of having 90Hz refresh rate. Then we compare the design. See design is personal preference completely but if you ask my opinion, I personally would prefer Samsung over OnePlus. Now don't take me wrong, OnePlus is also a well designed smartphone but I just can't ignore the oversized circular camera array which makes it look ugly. Now let's compare the battery life of these two devices. Now when it comes to battery life, I think the Samsung edges the OnePlus. See OnePlus has an efficient chip inside it but also it has a smaller battery coupled with a 90Hz refresh rate screen. Now that is gonna have a toll on the battery life. Finally, we compare the cameras of these smartphones. See, Samsung clearly has an edge over the OnePlus as it produces better photos overall and produces them consistently. OnePlus camera is no slouch though, but it is inferior when you compare it to the Samsung. Now let us talk about some special features which are very specific to them. First, the Samsung. As I told you, the Samsung Note series comes with an S Pen. Now this S Pen has all the functionalities that are useful sometimes. This proves to be one of the best selling points of this phone. Well, OnePlus doesn't have an S Pen, but it has something called the Oxygen OS. As we all know, OnePlus makes the best Android skin out there which is called the Oxygen OS. It is really close to stock Android, but also contains additional features that are really functional. Sure, the Oxygen OS lacks the feature set of the One UI, but I think it has a better and more mature operating system. All this brings us to one question, which is a better one. If we consider the price, as OnePlus is couple of thousand more than Samsung, it brings a better chip and performance. But I think Samsung brings more value to the table with its flagship features like S Pen and cameras. If you don't buy a phone to game or not concerned about with software, Samsung is definitely a better buy. Also, Samsung is a non-Chinese smartphone maker, so it's always a good thing. So as we move into the final section of the episode, we now talk about the boycott China thing. Now I guess most of you know what actually happened at the border, now which led to these tensions on both sides, India as well as China. However, people in India started the trend of boycott Chinese products as a reaction to what actually happened at the border. Now is this reaction actually needed or does this reaction actually change anything? Well, if you ask me, it's a big no. See, one should understand India and China are countries with growing economy, which means they are actually dependent on each other. Now, breaking any deal between the countries would affect both economies drastically. I understand how the Chinese dominate our market, let it be anything. As this issue was getting more and more traction, as a reaction, the government has decided to ban 59 Chinese mobile applications. Is this only because of what happened at the border? No, the government was planning to ban some of the apps that were unreliable well before the incident. 
but it just happened now after the issue. Now strange thing though is all the apps that were banned were from China. These set of apps also include big names like TikTok, UC Browser and ShareIt also. Now the government has said that applications are engaged in activities prejudicial to sovereignty and integrity of India, defense of India and security of state and public order. Now the ban has been imposed under section 69A of the Information Technology Act. Government has also issued instructions to Google and Apple to remove the banned applications from their respective application stores. Now additionally, telecom operators and internet service providers will also be asked to block these uh, applications on their networks. Now does this ban really affect China? Now it is said that the ban of TikTok has already produced a loss of almost 6 billion US dollars to the company. Now should we do this? Should we actually stop everything coming from China? To be honest, even if we ban everything from China, we are not in a position to handle this. See most of the products which we use are completely or partially produced in China due to which they are also cheap. Now if we ban everything coming from China, that creates a void in our marketplace and then India has to produce everything by itself. Now that's actually a good thing for India if India has a proper manufacturing plant. But right now India is not in a position to produce all of the needed things that go into products. So it's a situation where we have a demand but no production to meet the demand. Now India should, should understand this and take it as an opportunity and build the manufacturing sector. If the government is able to make something out of this by investing in small scale industries, then we can actually stop importing everything from China. Now if we change our side and look into the Chinese point of view, it's quite weird situation for them because China has invested a lot in India. Anything against us would actually result in a loss to China. Also, Chinese cannot impose any duties on Indian products because people will now start selling them in India itself rather than exporting it. Considering all these cases, we can actually say that we have no threat from a consumer point of view. If India is able to quickly build its manufacturing sector, then it would be really great. Now that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you guys like it. If not, please provide your feedback. Also, I had a great time talking. See you guys in the next one.